When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, it's a big day today in New York, primary day, all these congressional races. We have uh, coverage all day long. I think later on tonight, Dominic Carter and my dear buddy, Andrew Giuliani. But I go to the guy that I think knows local politics more than anybody else in this city. I mean that. Errol Lewis can hold his jock, and that is the great Frank Morano, other side of midnight. He just left here moments ago. Good morning, Frankie. How are you, pal? Uh, Good morning, Sid. There's always something very exciting about primary day. No matter how many campaigns you go through as an activist, as somebody that watches this stuff as a volunteer or as a commentator, uh, when it's primary day and the polls are open, there's always something that's pretty exciting about this, especially (laughs) uh, when we're marking the 75th anniversary of Mm. uh, Indian Independence Day. So it was Mm. very apropos that you had Indian food yesterday. I mean, could you sound like any more of a geek? It's always very exciting. <laughs> Primary day in New York. Old fat Democrats, Maloney and Nadler, two horrible people. But you're right. It, it is somewhat exciting. And it is important, too, thanks to that Indian food uh, note, because we have these huge elections coming up in November. And certainly what happens today can be an omen of things to come. I want to start uh, a race on Long Island that we are involved with here because of Peter King. And that's uh, Andrew Garbarino. Now, this guy, Robert Cornicelli, running against him. I met with Danielle and Jen at a Yankee game about two months ago. He served this country proudly. He's a real conservative, one of those Joe the Box guys, America First Warehouse. And those guys kind of view Garbarino as a rhino because he used the word insurrection on his website to describe January 6th. Now, Peter King will bite this all day long, and Garbarino is probably going to win. But what are your thoughts on that specific race? Well, Garbarino's other problem in that district is the other I word, infrastructure. He voted for the infrastructure bill, which a lot of uh, conservative activists aren't crazy about. But I I don't see that race being competitive at all in the primary. See, uh, most of the districts in the state and in the country are one-party districts. So uh, usually it's either a Democratic district or a Republican district. You win that primary, the election's over. That's one of the rare districts in this state that's genuinely competitive. That's a purple district. Democrats could win it. Republicans. Garbarino is going to win that uh, primary today pretty handily, and I think he probably hangs on to win the general election as well. Uh, Cornicelli certainly has a lot of support from the grassroots, but uh, Garbarino has so much establishment support, he's going to have a much better ground game. So um, I'm thinking that uh, he's probably already won that race. Can you uh, bet these things on, though? Can you go to FanDuel.com or DraftKings? Because you can bet, uh, you know, like presidential elections and I think gubernatorial elections as well. But they should put it all on there, all these races. Like, for example, I think the Nadler-Maloney race in District 12 would get a ton of betting action today, don't you? Yeah. Oh, you can go to predictit.org and you could place your bets on Congress or uh, U.S. Senate or any of these gubernatorial elections. So, I mean, a race that uh, has seen their betting fortunes shift a little bit is not in New York, but in Florida, where uh, Charlie Crist is trying to get his old job back as the governor. He's in a competitive Democratic primary and uh, he was heavily favored to win that Democratic primary. But the betting markets are starting to show him he's going in the other direction. He's still going to win. I have history with Charlie Crist. It's funny. Way back when I was doing a sports show down in Miami, uh, 
Right. And you guys I got used a, to tan together, right? That's right. No, no. I, I wasn't a Charlie Chris guy. I got a call from a young guy named Marco Rubio. And I swear to God, he goes, Sid, I listen to your show every day. Uh, my wife is a former Miami Dolphin cheerleader. I'm running against Charlie Crist and Kendrick Meeks for local <laughs> office here in Miami. I'd love to come on your show. And over the next two or three months, I swear to God, Frank, I had Marco Rubio on about three or four times, and he won. And that moved his way towards a presidential run, who he is now. In fact, he was out with me and Bernie Marco Rubio about six months ago, and he talked about that, and he beat Charlie Crist during that run. But you're right, Charlie looks like he's going to win in a close race down in Florida today. Yeah, I mean, I think DeSantis is probably pretty favored for the general election anyway. But as far as the Democrats go, uh, that's uh, that's yeah, probably Chris's to uh, to lose there. But here in New York, obviously, uh, on the uh, on the Democratic side of the ledger, it's these two races in Manhattan that has everybody talking about. You alluded to the Maloney Nadler race that looked to be pretty competitive, but it looks like uh, Nadler again. You never know with these super low turnout races, but uh, it looks like Nadler has kind of picked up momentum there. Shocking. I mean, the guy is uh, long past his prime in terms of, uh, uh, you know, being a a formidable candidate. But it looks like he's going to pull out a win here. He got this New York Times endorsement. He's gotten a ton of money. He's got the Schumer endorsement. And it's looking like. uh, But why? But but, but why? He's been around for 30 years. The Second Avenue subway. I mean, what exactly has Nadler done? Other than badmouth Israel, uh, be there for the Democrats in D.C., uh, be an enthusiast for the Iran deal. What has Nadler done in this city that says he should continue to serve and win over Maloney today? You guys say anything about her, but what about Nadler keeps this guy in office? Uh, you know, you're not going to get me to defend uh, Nadler's record, but I, I think, um, you know, he did try to play a role in the uh, in the Trump impeachment and try to take some credit with uh, Democratic primary voters in terms of uh, in terms of the Trump impeachment, which in that district that goes over big. So uh, it was interesting to see uh, the, the yeah. debate that they had recently. Maloney had a few missteps. She uh, basically told the truth about Joe Biden a couple of times in saying that uh, she didn't think he should run again uh, and uh, didn't think he would run again. Uh, Nadler told the party line and uh, the, the advantage Maloney has there in the current climate is the fact that she's a woman and has been one of the most prominent female elected officials for a long time. So we'll see where that goes. But uh, but that is uh, going to be interesting. But if I'm betting, I'm betting uh, Nadler there. But the thing to watch is not today, but tomorrow. I mean, Nadler is in horrible shape. There's no guarantee that he's even going to finish his term. So if he if he steps aside in the middle of his term, Uh-oh. you could see a situation where you have Brad Hoyleman, a state senator in that district, um, you know, fill in for the remainder of his congressional term and get in a special election and then have the return of Scott Stringer for the state Senate oh uh, seat that Hoyleman holds. Oh, boy. But um, the, that's the other thing that's on the ballot today is the state Senate races and very interesting strategy on the part of Eric Adams. Eric Adams has done something very unusual. He's endorsed about 10 establishment and moderate Democrats against the socialist uh, candidates that are running for state Senate, including going against uh, some of the Democratic incumbents. Now, 
very rare for a mayor, an incumbent mayor, to do that against incumbents of his own yes, party, but, and very risky. But, well, because if if these guys all win, yeah. he, the, he, Adams has to go begging hat in hand to get his agenda passed in Albany on everything from mayoral control of school to uh, to taxes. So uh, a lot of these state senate primaries primaries are not only a big test of the Democratic Socialists of America; they're a big test for how popular Adams is within the Democratic primary. Well, I, I like why he did it. He's doing it because of bail reform and crime in the city. Uh, so he is endorsing the moderates rather than the progressives. But once again, uh, Frank Morano, given the opportunity, Eric, to call out specific lawmakers in Albany that are motivating him to go to the moderate side, he did not do it. He said, there are some people in Albany. Say it. Stuart Cousins, Heasty Hochul. So on one hand, I congratulate Adams for taking the risk and going against the progressives. On the other hand, he still comes up short of naming the people that are screwing this city. Yeah, uh, look, you're not going to get me to defend Eric Adams. I- I'm just pointing out how unusual it is for a mayor to go against his own incumbents yeah. in his own party. No, I get it. It's uh, and he's actually not just putting an endorsement out there for this candidate or that candidate. He His uh, PAC is giving thousands of dollars yeah. to some of these folks, and to, including a very controversial reverend uh, who's running as the more conservative Democrat who has a, a history of making a lot of uh, you know a- anti-gay and anti-Jewish remarks. Yeah. Over the um, no you know, over the incumbent, uh, over the incumbent yeah. uh, Democrat that's running there on the Republican side, there's a few interesting Republican primaries. I think the uh, Maliotakis primary in Staten Island is going to be uh, sort of a landslide for her. Uh, the uh, Republican primaries on Long Island. Uh, you mentioned Garbarino. I think uh, Nick Lalota wins the Lee Zeldin seat. But the race in New York State on the Republican side that a lot of folks are watching is this uh, Nick Langworthy Carl. Paladino race, which looks to be a squeaker. Paladino, who has done everything, not only in his career, but in this campaign, to be as controversial as can be. He's got a a convicted sex offender running his campaign. He's made every controversial remark you can make. He's a jerk. It looks like Paladino is going to make a, is going to is going to win this. I think he is going to win. He's a complete jerk off. I hate him. I really do. But he's going to win. I think you're right. But I want to move back to the Democrats. You mentioned that Nadler. What he's got going for him is that he was part of the impeachment process for Trump in the uh, District 10 race. That's all we've heard from Dan Goldman, who seems like a shoe one to win today, too, is, hey, I was there to impeach Donald Trump. Now, Trump came out with a funny endorsement of Goldman last week, but that seems to be working for him in his race in District 10. Well, I, I don't think Trump's endorsement is going to be what delivers it for, no. with, for Goldman. Uh, if any, it's the four million dollars of his family fortune that Goldman has been able to spend on this race, and the fact that he's running against twelve other candidates. So um, I, I think that uh, I don't think this is as much of a shoe in as uh, Goldman's money makes it out to be. Uh, you have Mondaire Jones, you have Yulin Yu, and you have Carlina Rivera all of whom are trying to make a, an ethnic play. Mondaire Jones with the black vote, Yulin Yu with the Asians, Carlina Rivera with the Hispanic vote. But uh, I think you're probably right that uh, Goldman is, gonna, is going to squeak, uh, squeak this, this out because of the money that's involved here. What about this? Uh, and district- that New York Times endorsement. Right, that helps him too. What about this uh, District 17 race with Sean Patrick Maloney and Biagi? What about that race? 
Uh, very interesting. Alessandra Biaggi, former WABC intern, actually. She was an intern here 17 years ago on the uh, on the Curtis and Kuby show and uh, the granddaughter, obviously, of the former Congressman Mario Biaggi. But uh, I think Sean Patrick Maloney is going to win this one. Uh, Maloney's got a lot of establishment support. Biaggi is trying to solidify her place as the progressive challenger. She doesn't really live. She doesn't live in the district. She has no history of representing much of the district. And it doesn't look like the. Um, you know, the progressive coattails are going to help her on this one. I think Maloney wins. This is actually a district that I could see potentially even being competitive in the general election. It looks like Michael Lawler's the favorite to win the Republican primary in that district. I could see Lawler eking out a victory in the general there, actually. District 3, Tom Swazi, who's got very, very poor Bernie and Sid history. Of course, he's out because he had that horrible run against Kathy Hochul for governor. And I guess right now they're saying Robert Zimmerman is the favorite to win that in Nassau County. What do you hear about District 3? Yeah, I, I would I would agree that it's probably Zimmerman. It's tough to know because you have other uh, elected officials running and um, you have a lot of people that uh, that have their, uh, you know, kind of their their corner of the world. But uh, I would say it's between Zimmerman and uh and uh, Josh Lafazan, who's a Nassau yeah. County yep. legislator there. But uh, but we'll see. Hudson Valley, Mark Molinaro became a good friend of mine years ago when he ran for governor. In fact, uh, the mm-hmm. day he lost, we made pizza together on Cross Bay Boulevard in Howard Beach at Aldo's Pizzeria with Eric Ulrich and a host of others. Now he's trying it again. And, and I know that uh, the governor got involved in this because she was at a Pat Ryan rally last night when she told Mark Molinaro, along with Lee Zeldin and Donald Trump, hey, do me a favor. Fly to Florida. You don't share our values. You don't belong in New York. That's pretty unbelievable. She actually said that. But uh, this Molinaro-Ryan race, what do you see there? Well, so there's actually two races in that district today. You have the special election today to fill out the rest of Antonio Delgado's term uh, between Molinaro and Ryan. The winner will go right to Congress right away. And then you also have the regular election, the primary, where Molinaro will face the winner of the Democratic primary. So if Pat Ryan wins, Pat Ryan's only holding this particular seat for about four and a half months because Pat Ryan is actually running in a neighboring district in the primary. So Ryan's running in the special election in this district, and then he's running in a primary in the uh, in the Colin Schmidt district. It's really interesting. But uh, I think Molinaro is going to pull out a win in the special election, and I think he's going to be very well positioned for the general election as well to run as an incumbent. So are there any major upsets that you see here coming up today? Because it looks like when you look at the docket for later on today that it's pretty much going according to script, as as you're pointing out here. Any major upsets we should keep an eye on today? I th- look, I think if Nick, if Carl Palladino is in a position to beat the sitting Republican state chairman uh, a- after hi- Carl's history of controversial remarks and the fact that he's got a convicted sex offender running his campaign, I think that's an upset. I don't think that's something that a lot of the the experts would have uh, would have predicted. So I, I think that could be uh, a bit of a uh, surprise. There's a, definitely a chance of an upset in this 10th congressional district, again, with these low turnout races and with 13 people running. 
it's sort of a crapshoot out of the top five candidates who's going to emerge on top. And I think these uh, state Senate races where you have these uh, these 10 socialists running against the 10 more moderate Democrats, I think there's a lot of room for uh, for upsets there. And you could see a couple of incumbents lose, which uh, in the New York state legislature, you have historically been much more likely to die than lose reelection. <laughs> and uh, I think you're going to see a few incumbents uh, lose today. So give me the big picture. Frank Morano on the way out. Big picture, what this means today, all these races for the politics here in New York State. Well, I think a couple of things. One, I think it's a reflection of, um, you know, how wise the Court of Appeals was, not just from a legal perspective, but a political one to throw out those original gerrymandered lines. Because uh, with no gerrymandered lines, the people of the state are really getting what they deserve, which is competitive primary elections, uh, where you have, uh, you would have never seen two competitive primary elections in Manhattan like this, in the Maloney seat and in the, uh, the new 10th congressional seat. But you're also getting competitive general elections. Uh, this Lee Zeldin seat is competitive. The Garbarino seat is competitive. The Maliataka seat is competitive. Uh, the Sean Patrick Maloney seat is competitive. And when you have competitive elections, the big winner is the public. And we want uh, these these folks making the best case they can to the public, not having these room these lines decided in a smoke filled room somewhere, or now it's a, a vape filled room somewhere uh, where the public really has no say. This is exactly what we want. And I think what New York. York's done in throwing out these gerrymandered congressional lines, that could be a model for what other states are, are, are should be doing. And uh, no gerrymandering produces this kind of comp- competitive election. That is a tremendous job, Frank. I mean, really, all kidding aside, you know this stuff uh, from top to bottom. Excellent conversation. Great job. Thank you for coming on this morning. And we'll tune in later on tonight to hear the results. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sid. Uh, happy Indian Independence Week. <laughs> The Tandoor Chicken was spectacular. They have this bread, too. It's like a pita bread, but it's even better. And it's, like, really, like, um, dipped in, like, butter. It's so delicious. I can't really emphasize how great Indian food is enough. And uh, to Frank's point, how exciting primary day is here in New York City.